Welcome to the GeoMob Podcast, where we discuss geo-innovation in any and all forms, whether for fun or profit. Hi, Stephen. Good to see you again. How are you doing? Hi, Ed. Good to see you again. It's only been about 48 hours since I was having lunch with you, but good to see you. Yes, we uh, we just had GeoMob London this week. Um and I thought that would kind of be what we would talk about today. First, let's let's recap. I, I have had the pleasure to attend two different GeoMob events in the last two weeks. So first of all, I went up to Helsinki um, for the very first GeoMob Finland, that, which was an adventure, I have to say. Um, you know, the, the middle of April, I, I guess I was naive, but <laughs> I, 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 it was shocking how cold Helsinki was. Um, and I don't, I, I don't think it was unseasonably cold, but it, you know there were still mounds of snow on the edges of the streets and stuff, and um, it happened to be really, really windy. Uh, and so, yeah, this was. I, I would not say spring has yet arrived in Helsinki. Maybe now, maybe in the in the weeks since then it has. But um, nevertheless, very fun trip, very cool. Hold on, um, geography question. Geography yeah. question for you: Is Helsinki closer to the Arctic or to Europe? To the Arctic or Europe? What do you mean? Helsinki is Europe. The bottom edge, the center of Europe. The center. Uh, of Europe. I don't know. I believe it's the northernmost capital city. It may be Reykjavik yeah. is a bit higher, but um, it's up there. It's up there, man. Um, yeah. I'm not surprised it was cold. I mean, well, I remember going to. Yeah, and of course it's on it's on the water, so that um, probably makes it additionally cold. Which actually, if anyone is going to go to Helsinki, they have a very very cool swimming pool directly in the harbor, a swimming pool and sauna. Right. So we did that um, on our final day there, and that is that is fantastic. I highly highly recommend it. It's very cold when you're out of the water, but then of course the pool is heated and then you do a very hot sauna. It's great. It's good. That is a very unique okay. experience. So I recommend that, but let's talk about GeoMob, Stephen. Um, first I have to say congratulations to, um, the organizers of, of GeoMob Finland and just the Helsinki, um, tech scene, geospatial scene. You know, Helsinki is not that big of a town. It's, it's a million, you know, less than a million people and they have a lot going on there. I mean, it was really impressive. Um, we first of all, the event was held at this very cool um, kind of uh, tech hub that formerly formerly had been a hospital, so it's quite a big complex, uh, you know, right I, in the right in the middle of Helsinki. And I then they kind of turned it into this tech hub, so you know, small companies can rent their offices there. But then there's all these different co-working things and uh, accelerators and things like that. Um, and so we were able to to use one of the accelerator spaces, which was excellent. Very nice space. Um, uh, very good for the event. Um, great turnout. I don't know. We probably had 50 people or so. Um, oh, wow. Great uh, for a first event. It, it was fantastic. And, and yeah, we had, we had five talks, including one by me, where, where I kind of introduced the the geomob concept and and explain some of the lessons learned in running geomob in london and other cities over the years but the other talks were all um uh very interesting different companies and and uh, startups doing things and um you know at the end we voted for the the best speaker prize um and i'm i'm hoping to get the winner on the podcast um in the, in the near future very cool company that does earth observation of um, for the forestry industry. Forestry is obviously a huge industry in Finland, and you know he showed how they can you know take the take the images of the of the forest and then do all kinds of predictions of what the what the yield will be and you know where you should harvest and where you shouldn't harvest and things like that. So very interesting. The other talks were also um, good. All, all of them were kind of with an earth observation theme. Um, you know, we had some some very big uh, organizations, some smaller ones, um, but yeah, there was a lot going on. And then afterwards, we we had we had beers there, um, and the mood was great. No I mean, vodka. Had, 
Where do what? No vodka. No vodka. No vodka. No vodka. We just had beers, um, and beers and some snacks and um, uh, and you know, I was I, there were a lot of a uh, lot of lot of people doing different things, and um, it felt like a geomob in in London or in any other city. So it was a great start. Great. Um, and I hope they can keep the momentum going. The next. So who organized it? This, who um, organized it? Okay, so I don't. Um, it, there's Auntie who who I had here on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and Yunus, who was kind of the main leader, and he he was like the MC of the night, um, and the two of them both work for the the mapping agency, the National Mapping Agency. Um, okay, and they now very similar, I think, to. Uh, kind of the geovation as a as a as a sub project within Ordnance Survey, they now have the National Mapping Agency is creating kind of a I forget the exact name of it, but the um, basically uh, basically a similar kind of subunit to help the encouragement of the geospatial um, ecosystem in Finland, and so GeoMob is kind of a project of that, um, and because it's part of the National um, uh, Mapping Agency. That's why it's also GeoMob Finland, not just GeoMob Helsinki, because the future events will be at different locations in Finland, at universities and things like that. So, um, and the next event should be in the autumn. So, fantastic. And, and at the event, there were several people who said they would volunteer to speak. So, um, so let's see. Hopefully, they can keep the momentum going. And so I recommend it. Birth, I recommend it for a visit. We've um, given birth to another GeoMob. It was very cool. It was very cool. I have to say, for me personally, to be there to see that, like our little, you know, occasional pub meetup in London could, you know, become this bigger thing, and that um, all these people were interested in being there. Uh, I made made several very interesting uh, contacts. Um, yeah, and so if anyone out there listening is in another country or another city and wants to get it going, please get in touch because now at this point, you know, I feel like we kind of have the recipe down and we can help you and um, and let's get it going. So Yeah, and it's really easy. I think that's the other thing to say. This doesn't have to be a burden. It doesn't have to be difficult. Um, if you've got two people who want to organize it and you can find a venue, yeah. um, we can guide you through everything else. Well, you know, so my, my whole presentation was I kind of documented what, we've done in London over the last uh, decade plus. Um, and I highlighted some of the weirdest and wackiest talks and, you know, who comes and how we do it. But then at the end I said, look, what does all this mean for Finland? And I said, look, I have no idea. I have no idea what the right thing is for Finland. So, you you know, people in Finland need to do what the right thing is for Finland. But, um, and we really only have three rules if you want to use the GeoMob name. The first rule is you can't um, charge the attendees so it should be free to attend. The second rule is you can't charge the speakers. Um, and the third rule is a focus on having fun. Because if it's not fun, then the, the, everyone gets burned out and eventually quits. Yeah. So, and that's it. And beyond that, we can offer you lots of advice and we can share our experiences of what has worked in London and elsewhere. Um, uh, but, but, you know, you need to adapt it to the local situation, whatever the norms are there. So... Um, yeah, oh, so all in all, great experience. Um, I, you right. know, anyone, I, I can recommend Helsinki as a destination. I can also recommend, I have to say, I can recommend geomob tourism. We've had this a bit in Barcelona where people from London have come as part of a holiday and then they also come to geomob and maybe they talk at geomob and it's a great way to immediately meet interesting people in the, in, in the city that are doing really cool things and, you know, share your own story and, and have a fun evening. So that's a great point. That's a great point. You know, going for a couple of days to a city with this as one of the things that you're going to do, but you get to meet geo people in another country is fantastic. I know when um, when we had the first GeoMob in Tel Aviv and uh, obviously I went along to that and I did something like you, you know, spoke for a couple of minutes at the beginning. Um, but afterwards, I was meeting all sorts of people that I probably would have never got to meet or I'd have had to work really hard to find them and meet them. Um, exactly. You, and, you immediate, have an immediate network in that city. So Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's brilliant. So, but we haven't had one geomob. We've had two geomobs. 
Correct. So then uh, after the newest Geomob in Finland, we returned to the, the original source of Geomob in London uh, this Tuesday evening. We were recording now on, on Friday the 21st, so it was three days ago, three evenings ago. Um, also a great event, our biggest event ever uh, in terms of attendance. Uh, um, in fact, I was a little worried we weren't all going to fit in Geovation uh, in their event space, but but in the end, we did fit in. Um, I think there were several factors for why we had so many attendees, but obviously a big part of it was that we we did the event in partnership with um, Women in Geospatial, which was great. Plus. Uh, women plus in Geospatial. I never, I'm never sure how you, is it pronounced geospatial women, women plus and geospatial guys? Because they, they, sometimes they say geospatial women and then it's written on the side as women plus I know, and geospatial. I know. But um, regardless, uh, they, they were a big help. Let's just in, say women in, in geospatial. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and I, so for the first time ever, we had a, an all women lineup uh, of speakers. We, we have five, five very good talks. Um, yeah, so, so that was great. Um, and then afterwards off to the pub, which, which also we had, uh, you know, great turnout, great mood. Uh, obviously the, we're, we're entering spring. So people are, I think, excited to be standing outside having a beer in the sunshine and, um, yeah, but very funny. Got a bit cold later on. Got, got cold later on. It got cold later, but come on. Um, it was, yeah. uh, not Helsinki cold, not Helsinki cold. Exactly. And um, I, I, well, I think the main conclusion, Stephen, is we can say well and truly that COVID is behind us. You know, now that felt like a geomob of old, um, and and it feels like we're back. And there were a lot of new people. I mean, so that that was wonderful. So um, if they're listening, please please come along again, and let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Yeah, and it was also quite a. An eclectic range of talks, I thought. Um, you know, I mean, there was the quirky talk from Emily, which was his brilliant, geeky, and hysterically funny. I thought, you know, talking about the, the mapping across the anti the yeah, anti meridian. Um, you know, there was the technical, the sort of the technical stuff from Ordnance Survey about uh, how they're working on sustainability stuff. And, and there was Jen's talk about city map and mapping dog poo and various other things. I mean, it was a great selection of talks, I thought. It was a good mix. And uh, you're, don't forget the, the first talk by uh, Hannah, Hannah Such of Go Jauntly. Um, which, which was an interesting talk in its own right, um, with also, first of all, it had that shocking statistic. So for those that don't know, Go Jauntly is an app that um, helps you go for walks and encourage, encourage you to go walking and be outdoors and uh, has routing to take you through like the best places to walk and things like that. Um, and she put up that statistic. Did you, did, I don't know if you saw this, that the average child today spends less time outside than a prisoner. I mean, this was horrifying. Wow. This was absolutely horrifying. Yeah. Um, and so they're working hard to, to help people um, walk more, be outside more, get active. But what was interesting is, of course, this was her second time presenting. She she launched, I think, in 2018, and she spoke then. Um, and it seems it's been a big success. It seems it's, it's really catching on now. Yeah. They have a partnership with, with TFL. They're the official walking app of TFL. And... Um, Various other organizations, you know, the very they have various customers. Um, so, congrats to her and her team. I mean, it's a it's a it's yep. a startup success story. Um, so, well done, well done. And they and they were a geovation startup, weren't they? They they were a geovation startup as well. Yes, we should also, of course, also at this point say a big thank you to geovation for for having us for the event uh, in general. And actually, our next London. Geomob will also be at Geovation on the 5th of July. So sign up is now open. The The speaking list is finalized, uh, assuming no one cancels. Um, and it's looking very, very interesting. So, you know, sign up, everyone. Great. So we had the biggest Geomob ever, or certainly the biggest for us in London. 
we also had the biggest bar bill ever. Yes, by Stephen. a good margin. Yeah, this is this is. Um... And it wasn't down to me. It wasn't down to me. No. <laughs> Well, Stephen, you did order a whiskey at the end, which was probably the most expensive one. drink. Drink one, one. Okay, but um, yes, we. This is one thing we should discuss because, um, you know, our humble little gathering of twenty geo geeks once a quarter has now somehow become you know five or six events uh, just in London each year with, uh, you know, at least 50 people at the pub. And, you know, the other night it was many more. And also, I don't, I don't know if you keep tabs on this, but sweet Jesus, beer has gotten expensive in London. I know. I mean, I know, um, I know. The, the, the price of a pint has not, um, has not gone down, I'm sorry to say. Uh, it's, it's quite the opposite, actually. So the end result is we're now spending a lot more money so we need to think what to do about that because um, you and I were talking afterwards about the general, you know, the costs of Geomob in general. So we, we kind of have two costs. On the one hand, we have the, the events and, and the, the drinks. I mean, we're very fortunate that we get the venue for free. Um, but the drinks are not free. And so we pick up the tab there. Uh, and then we have the podcast that that we're recording right now, where we you know pay for podcast hosting software, and we have an editor, and we, um, you know, very we the 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 software we're using to record the podcast. All these things kind of add up, especially when we do fifty episodes a year. So, all in, I would say, just for London and and the other cities. Um, you know, we're it's we're probably coming up and at at least five thousand to you know more, but five five to six seven thousand euro a year. So uh, I'd have actually said that's pounds, not euros. Yeah, I, I mean exactly. Um, yeah. So you know, obviously, uh, my company we're we're, we're happy to 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 foot much of that or some of that and we do have a few very generous sponsors like your like yourself and um and uh geolytics and uh, ed parsons and esri esri startup program but we're starting to kind of run you know the gap is starting to you know, widen between costs and 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 income so so let's cut to the chase ed. <laughs> if you're listening here Right. And there's thousands of people out there who listen to our podcast. And if you enjoy the podcast and if you come to our events um, and there are many thousands of people who have been to a Geomob event somewhere amongst all those people, there have to be some organizations who would like to chip in a few hundred pounds, dollars, euros, whatever your currency of preference is and help to support and sponsor Geomob to keep this whole thing going. So yes, if we you're would, one of those people, yeah, we, be in touch. We would be we would appreciate that greatly. Um, so please get in touch on the website. There's a you know at the bottom of the, the website page there's a link. I don't know, I have thought about could we do some kind of uh, you know, uh, I, I, many podcasts do some kind of uh, Patreon or these other things. I don't know though. I I like the idea that that's a lot of effort for you know the, the, for a little reward. I think the faster the better path is um, finding companies or organizations. You know, so so um, I'm very grateful, of course, to to the team from Geolytics and um, Blair, who has been a supporter now for several years. And they get a lot of value out of Geomob. You know, they, 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 some of their team members spoke at this event, but which they could have done anyway, even if they weren't a sponsor, of course. But, um, but you know, the whole team came to the event, and and I, you know, but as far as I could tell, they were having a great time, <laughs> and I've got some pictures <laughs> to prove it. So, um, yeah, uh, you know, so they, it seems like a very fun team event for them, and I suspect there must be other organizations as well who would could also do the same so um 
and and of course we're keen to help the sponsors as well in the sense that they they get some publicity at the event um also on social media and you know the mainly i think it's a very good channel if you're trying to hire you know if you have yeah. you, you know you know you need you need someone in a unique role uh, you know this is exactly the target audience um but potentially also if you're trying to find customers trying to find I don't know, beta testers, lead users, you're trying to engage with the community, support the community in whatever format, I think this could be a, a good way to do it. A very... Or if you're looking for a freelance. Yes, exactly. Freelance is a very low effort way to, to get your brand in front of a, a very relevant audience. So, so if that is you, if that is your brand, please get in touch. Otherwise, otherwise, we're going to have to start implementing beer rationing, Stephen, and that's just going to get ugly. So. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll find a way, Ed. I promise you we'll find a way. So we haven't mentioned Berlin. Berlin. And well, we, we were did, talking about... We did do a recap about Berlin a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks ago but, no, I... Um, no, I was thinking of Berlin as a city because you were talking about how expensive London is. Yeah. And you lived here until, what, six years ago? No, uh, eight years now, so until 2015. Eight years. Time flies. Right. So. so London's sort of become colossally expensive. And we were talking before we started recording about um, how the attendees at the... Um, at the event this week were a very British group of people. You know, I mean, of course, there are people from other countries there, you know, and there are lots of people living in London who weren't born in the UK. But the London is not the international tech city that it was, I think, or it's starting to decline in that regard. Yeah, it feels, this is my impression as someone who, you know, I lived in London from 2005 until 2015, so for 10 years, and now obviously I come back frequently, uh, and but now I've also been going to Berlin uh, quite a lot, and it really, Berlin today, I would say, feels like London felt in 2010, in terms of very dynamic, people from all over, um, you know, many people coming to to start their companies or work there or and do things in, in a way that London used to feel. You know, it used to be very normal at an event in London. You would go and there would be 20 different nationalities. And um, and that, that was part of the joy of living in London. Uh, uh, and obviously it's still an international hub and things. But at least in tech it feels like it's changed a little bit. It feels like I don't think young Europeans are flocking to London as much anymore, but obviously because of Brexit and the difficulty of, yeah. of doing it. Right. And, but Brexit, one thing, probably the, the cost of living is also a thing, probably also just the, the trend towards remote work as well. Um, you know, why would a company, companies have realized remote work is possible. So why pay someone a London salary when you could, have them work for you in Portugal or Spain or whatever and pay them yeah. a floor, sorry. So, um, I, you know, and then the complications with Brexit and a work permit and all of that on top of it. So, um, but London still feels that way. And I, um, I, I, sorry, Berlin feels that way. Berlin, um, uh, and this is a good point time to mention, Stephen, our, our next GeoMob Berlin is, of course, on the 1st of June. So it's our, it's our next event. Right. So. Anyone who anyone who disagrees with my assessment or has an alternate opinion should come take it up with me on the first of June at GeoMob Berlin. Um, and I'm hopeful you will not be able to make it on the first of June, but we're going to get you out there in the autumn. I think. I hope so. I very much hope so because um, I'm interested to see the difference. And I certainly, I there's a feeling about London now that it is so expensive. Um, that uh, it's got to be deterring people. You know, my youngest uh, is working in Portugal at the moment, right? Um, salaries in Portugal are absolutely terrible compared to London, but the cost of living is 
proportionately lower. And so he's living the same kind of lifestyle that he was living in London on two thirds of the salary, probably. Yeah. But having a wonderful time. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you the true path to success is he should, you know, live in, he should obviously do what he wants, but live in a place like Portugal, but have Northern European customers, you know, and be able to charge them <laughs> yeah. Northern European prices. Um, that is the recipe for a great quality of life. Um, so, uh, yeah, it's the, the, the other thing, Stephen, you know, having, you know, I always stay in the neighborhood around Geovation. So kind of old street, Clerkenwell, that kind of area. And it is shocking the number of stores that have closed stores and restaurants that have closed. I mean, the other morning we, we woke up in the morning and, and left our hotel, Mark Tobias and I, and we're like, oh, let's go to this place for breakfast. And we get there, it's closed. I mean, not just like temporarily closed. I mean, it's empty. So then we're like, oh, shuttered. we'll go to that. Well, yeah, it's shuttered. We're like, oh, we'll go over to that other place. Shuttered. Like, literally, we went to four different places. All of them gone, empty. And so that is a function of where you were. Because people, people don't eat breakfast in Clerkenwell or, or? Um, people who live in Clerkenwell don't go out for breakfast very often because they eat breakfast at home before they leave for work. I guess people, maybe so, but there were, there were there used to be all these places. So I guess that was people coming in. Yeah, the because city the offices, it's exactly it's the offices around there. Yeah. The people eating in those rest those cafes having breakfast at 7 30 8 o'clock in the morning are largely people who have come into the city and will go into an office right and that's what's hit a number of these places there just isn't the number of people coming into the offices you know, lots of offices have got back to a sort of hybrid working model and are only about 50 60 percent full on any day yeah, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, but because if you're it, out where we live, in the suburbs, yeah, you're not going. Ideally, you don't want to take the train in every day. I mean, I, it, it's miserable taking yeah. the train every day. But also, but, the shops aren't shuttered. Yeah, all I can tell you is it created a very different vibe as you walk around the neighborhood mm. and things. So, um, I'm not. I'm not really sure what conclusion to draw here, except beyond. It, it's it's changed a bit. It's changed a bit. So, nevertheless, Geomob London has changed for the better in terms of very good turnout, great speakers, um, lots very, of new people, lots of new people, good collaboration with uh, geospatial women, which um, hopefully we can continue into the future. Um, and and yeah, I look forward to, to doing it again in July. So, and we should just mention um, that the next Geomob in London on July the fifth, I think it is. July fifth, yes, is um, in partnership with the team organising London Data Week. Correct, correct. Which I, we are going to have a podcast about that shortly, I believe. Indeed, we are. You are. Indeed, we are shortly. Okay. Um, but it's just worth mentioning that because I think that's also a thing that's there's a little current of developing there of geomobs being sort of co-organized with somebody else um, or somebody else brings a theme or a focus to a geomob, which is quite nice, you know, um, yeah, not just the idea that last one was five women speakers, but um, you know the next one's going to be about London Data Week, and the speakers are sort of aligned with that. It's uh, yeah, it's a nice little theme that's evolving, I think. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, I'm looking forward to the the episode about London Data Week to learn learn more about it. So, okay, um, I better I guess... get that recorded then. <laughs> I guess as we wrap up, Stephen, any any news from Mappery? So, yeah, I was going to tell you a story. Um, this actually came out of the pub on Tuesday oh, night. You know, we were in the pub after Geomob, and I got talking to um, a lady called Helen, um, who happened to be wearing a beautiful scarf with, load, with a map print on it. Oh, right. Yeah, of course. So, I remember. 
I explained uh, to her about Maps in the Wild and the Mappery website and asked her if I could take her picture. And anybody who follows Mappery, you'll see Helen in a Vermeer-style portrait picture on the site in a few weeks' time. But she said something really interesting to me. You know, I explained that, you know, we publish a map in the wild every day now. And she said, um, do you feel guilty if you miss out for a day? And I had to pause because I realised that having taken on this thing of saying we're going to publish every day, actually now there's a little pressure in the back of my head saying, got to make sure we keep the posts coming, got to make sure we keep the posts coming. And it made me think about, you know, all the volunteer projects that we get involved in and how they start off being exciting. And then at a certain stage, there's just a little bit of responsibility and burden associated with them. Well, not just the volunteer projects. I mean, we do at OpenCage, of course, once a month, we do uh, the, the, the on the final Friday, we do the Geo Trivia contest and whatever. And it's always a lot of fun, but then there is the pressure to every month come up with a new question and, and keep it going. And <clears throat> Or likewise, we do um, previously on Twitter and, and now on Mastodon, once a week we do uh, uh, the Geo Weirdness thread, which also it's a lot of fun and it gets a very good reaction and it it, it, it I enjoy doing it. But but it is kind of you're kind of on a treadmill. You're kind of on a treadmill, and you yeah. gotta you gotta keep coming up with it, and um, it's not always easy, you know. No. So. no. so. So the answer to that is to find some people to help you. Yes, that is true. I, I mean, I think you've done a very good job with that of that at Mapery of yeah. how to um, how, of spreading spreading the burden across you know multiple people, but. Yeah, that's the the negative of this of any kind of content content marketing content uh, uh, creation business is that it's hard to it's you know what well, this is what we've always talked about Stephen it's it's very easy to have ideas and to to create things it's very hard to maintain things you know and and that's the challenge how do you keep it going well with with passion and with friends. Yeah, and I think um, I think it's not just that somebody else does some of the work, it's that when you share the, yeah, I've said this before, I'm sure, a problem shared is not a problem halved, it's a problem decimated. Yeah. Um, because, yeah, all of a sudden, when you've got somebody else who's taking a little bit of the load, the, load, the whole thing just seems a hell of a lot easier. So, um, but anyway, it's not a burden producing seven map, maps in the wild a week. Um, my plan is before I go away in mid-May that we'll be stacked up until I get back at the end of June. Um, do you have and, enough? Do you have enough submissions, or you need you need people oh, to keep submitting? Keep, we always need people to keep submitting, but we have got we've always got a backlog. Um, I mean, it takes, you know, it's not just a case of clipping a photograph and popping it into the, onto the website, you know, I mean, it's, it takes time and, uh, and everything, but we've got a backlog. Yeah. Um, and it's amazing because actually what happens is, um, you know, like I was talking to the Helen at the, um, at the gym mob on Tuesday night and she said, Oh, now I get what you're doing. I've got loads of those pictures that I can send to you. And she will do, you know, um, she better because she'll listen to this podcast, hopefully, and that'll be Very the reminder. Nice. But, you know, I mean, people, once they get it, um, you know, they're sending stuff all the time, you know. Um, and we've got a sort of core group of contributors who are, you know, who are, are out and about looking for maps all the time. You're not a very good contributor, Ed. I'm what? I'm not a very good contributor. No, I should be a more active no. contributor, actually. I um. All right. Uh, you you have chided yeah. me. Message received. I'll get on it. Right. Um, I just want to say that your co-founder, Mark Tobias, is yeah. an outstanding contributor. Well, he uh, someone has to do the work, Stephen. And he he has time for, so, you know, <laughs> social media or whatever, and I'm I'm doing the work, so. 
Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I think let's we'll wrap close up. it there. Yeah, I, I do have one very right. brief um, open cage announcement, and that is oh, if um, uh, we in in early May, May uh, 9th through the twelfth, is a big uh, conference in Munich. Munich, Germany, is a, an event called Transport Logistic, which is, I believe, it's the biggest logistics conference in the world, or it, if not, is certainly one of the biggest, um, and I, I believe certainly the biggest in Europe. Uh, and so we're going to attend. Uh, we have, we have, we're fortunate to have many customers across the um, logistics industry. Um, and so, if anyone out there is going to be be at that event and wants to talk about geocoding, um, you, you know, ping me. Let's meet up. So, okay. Have a good one. You as well, Stephen. Take it easy. Okay. Bye. Take it easy. Bye. Thanks for joining us today and listening to the GeoMob podcast. We hope you enjoyed the discussion. Please get in touch with us if you have any feedback or suggestions for topics we should cover. You can get the show notes over on the website, which is at thegeomob.com. While you're there, you can sign up for our monthly mailing list where we keep you informed about upcoming events. You can, of course, also follow us on Twitter where our handle is GeoMob. Thanks for listening and hope to see you at a GeoMob event soon.